first Bible reading this morning is Matthew 28, 1 to 10, which is on page 1553 of the Black Church Bibles. After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and, going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples. He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him and clasped his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. Thanks, Grace. Morning, everyone. Happy Easter. Great to be with you this morning. My name's Mark, if we haven't met. We've got a really packed hall here. We've got lots of room down the front, so I'd invite any kids or kids at heart to to come and sit down on the rugs at the front. I'm going to need a few volunteers a little bit later on. Not, Not right now, but a little bit later on. So I'll be picking people from the front here. So... I think I've got my first two volunteers right here for later. I'll remember, I'll remember you too. So come on down. Well, we're going, going to be doing things a little bit differently to, to how we do in a normal service today for Easter Sunday. We're going to be going through Matthew chapter 28, uh, which talks about the resurrection of Jesus. We're going to be doing it in three separate um, Bible readings, and then there'll be, there'll be three short talks. Uh, firstly, we'll be looking at what wonderful news it is Uh, that Jesus has risen. And secondly, we'll ask, did Jesus really rise again? Are there other explanations uh, that could explain it? And thirdly, we'll see how, if it's true that Jesus has been raised back to life, it changes everything for us. Firstly, Jesus has risen. What wonderful news. Easter is a celebration of great news, great news for for people 2,000 years ago when the events happened, and, and great news for us today. And for a few moments, I want us to, to put ourselves in the shoes of the people that were there on that first Easter Sunday and to imagine how they were, would have felt as these events unfolded. Now, we start in verse 1 of chapter 28, and we see the two Marys going to, to visit the tomb uh, where Jesus had been buried a couple of days ago. And of all the emotions that you could possibly feel as they were going towards that tomb, how do you reckon they would have felt? Any thoughts? Elise? Scared. scared? Maybe maybe scared? Gemma? Sad. sad. I, reckon, I reckon they would have felt sad. In fact, I reckon, I reckon they would have felt extremely sad about it. See, not only was their friend Jesus dead, but all the hope uh, that they put in him seemed to be gone. Uh, Jesus, when he'd been alive, he performed these great miracles. And he taught these great things about the kingdom of heaven and how good it was going to be. Um, he promised so much. They put so much hope in Jesus. But then he was betrayed, uh, he was arrested, and he was killed. Their friend was dead, and their hope seemed like it was all gone. But we come to verse 2, and we see that everything is not as you'd expect 
this morning. So Jesus is being buried in the tomb. The, the guards are standing there guarding the tomb. And all of a sudden, there's a big earthquake. And this angel of the Lord comes down. He rolls the, the stone away and sits on the stone. How do you think the guards would have felt as they saw this happening? <laughs> yep, Elizabeth? Petrified. Yep, I reckon, I reckon that's how I would have felt if I was them. It says that they were so afraid that they became like dead men. Couldn't quite find an emoji that matched that, but that's, that's as close as I can get. So they were extremely afraid. And then the, the two Marys, the two women, they come to the tomb, and the angel is there, and he tells them, you're looking for Jesus, but he's not here. He's risen. Come, see the place where he lay. Go tell his disciples that he's risen. How do you reckon they would have felt about that? There's a, a big, fierce angel. There's an empty tomb. Uh, they've been told Jesus is risen. I've got the, the same three people with their hands up again. Gemma? <laughs> Even more petrified, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, I'd probably be feeling that as well. Elizabeth? Amazed and absolutely happy. Petrified, amazed and absolutely happy. That's a, that's a real mix of emotions there. And that's, that's pretty much what it says. It says that they're afraid and yet filled with joy, which when you think about it, that's a couple of really funny emotions to feel together. I've, I've felt afraid before. I've felt full of joy before. I've never, I don't think I've ever quite felt them at the same time. But then this was an unusual day, wasn't it? And the, the women hurry off to tell, the, to tell the disciples this news. And who do they run into? The risen Jesus himself, risen from the dead. How do you reckon they would feel about that? Yep, my, my three <laughs> favorite helpers again, Elise. Like amazed. Amazed, yep. I, I don't think words could quite describe the joy they would feel. I don't think emojis quite could either, but I've kind of... Imagine those four together, and it's probably, probably something, something close to it. So their darkest grief has turned into their most wonderful joy. Because not only is their friend alive, but their hope is now alive as well. Because they know that Jesus is everything that he claims to be. He's defeated death. This is wonderful news. The grave has no claim on Jesus. His is the victory. He is our living hope. Our second Bible reading for today is from Matthew chapter 28, verses 11 to 15. It can be found in page 1553 of the Church Bibles. While the women were on their way, some of the guards went into the city and reported to the chief priests everything that had happened. When the chief priests had met with the elders and devised a plan, they gave the soldiers a large sum of money telling them, you are to say, his disciples came during the night and stole him away while we were asleep. If this report gets to the governor, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So the soldiers took the money and did as they were instructed. And this story has been widely circulated among the Jews to this day. Thanks, Jacob. I'm going to need seven volunteers for this next one. I have one, two, three, four, five hands up in the air so far. It's a good start. That's six. One, two, three, four, five, six. One more. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, you were, you were, you're up. One, two, three, four, five, six. Did one of you want to want to come up? Oh no. This is, you, you can both. You can both come up. You can both share one. 
Miriam, I'm going to give you the important job of giving one each of these to everyone, and in the meantime, I'll get started with everything else. Uh, so you might be here this morning just, just checking out church and Christianity, uh, what it's all about, and Easter is a great time uh, to be able to do that. And you, and you might be thinking, surely Jesus didn't really come back to life. You know, whatever Christianity has going for it, surely, surely this is taking it too far. I think regardless of, of what our beliefs are, we'd all agree that to claim that Jesus rose from the dead is a massive claim uh, that Christianity makes. So let's get our magnifying glasses out, put our detective hats on. Let's have a look at the evidence. Firstly, Jesus was a real person who died. There's, there's a lot of good evidence for that uh, that goes beyond the Bible, that Jesus did actually live and die. And secondly, his body was never found. Christianity uh, grew really right from the time of Jesus' death. And part of its core teaching uh, was that Jesus had been resurrected. So if Jesus' body had been found, that would have really disproved Christianity right from the word go. So Jesus, is he real? Yes. Died? Yes. Body? Hmm. What's, what's going on there? What are some possible explanations for this? Well, perhaps the disciples stole Jesus' body. That's the, the explanation that Matthew provides here, the, the Jewish priest says. So who's got disciples? Emma, right, right up in the air, two hands, everyone can see it. There are some problems with that, though. Even if we assume that the disciples were able to, to overpower the guards or sneak past them, move the heavy stone away, steal Jesus' body away, the problem is that 10 of the 12 disciples were killed for their faith in Jesus later on. So they died um, declaring and defending the truth of the resurrection. Now, I don't know about you, but I reckon if I was one of those disciples, I reckon after the first couple had been killed, I would have got the rest of them together and thought, you know, guys, maybe, maybe, maybe this joke's gone a little bit too far. Would they be prepared to die for a lie? I don't think so. I wouldn't be. So I reckon we can, we can bust that myth. You can, you can scrunch that up, Gemma, tear it up, whatever you want to do. On top of that, the writers of the, the Gospels, if they'd really wanted to convince people that this was true, they wouldn't have used women as the witnesses because I'm not condoning this or anything, but in that day, women just weren't trusted in the same way that men were. So they just wouldn't have used women as witnesses. All right, so perhaps the Jews stole the body or the Romans stole the body. Who's got the Jews and the Romans? We've got a, a Romans one. Ah, in the front. Yep, hold that up nice and tall, guys. Jews or the Romans? Well, they were both opponents of Christianity right from the beginning. In fact, particularly for the Jews, the fact that, that people were making all these claims about Jesus was really a pain for them. And so if they knew where Jesus' body was, they would be telling everyone. They'd be trying to stop Christianity in its tracks. They'd be trying to show the world that Jesus was properly dead. So I reckon we can, we can bust that so you guys can tear up, scrunch up. Those, those papers, whatever, whatever you want to do, just make them go away. Some people have suggested that Jesus didn't actually die on the cross. He just passed out on the cross and he woke up afterwards in the tomb. The problem is, though, who's got that didn't die? Do you want to hold that up nice and high? Yep, well done. The thing is, though, it's the flogging that Jesus received before he was crucified was so bad that, that people often died just from that. And the guards speared Jesus in the heart afterwards to prove he was dead. So it's hard to imagine that Jesus miraculously survived all of that, 
woke up in the tomb two days later, wrapped himself out from his grave clothes, folded them up neatly, found his way through the dark, managed to roll away the heavy stone, snuck past the guards, walked five miles with feet that were, that, that were wounded and was impressive enough that his disciples worshipped him. It just, just doesn't seem likely. I reckon we, we can bust that as well. So you can tear that up. Good work. Perhaps the disciples only imagined that they saw Jesus. Who's got, who's got the imagined one? Yep, fantastic. Well, we read elsewhere in the Bible that over 500 people saw Jesus alive afterwards. So that just seems like way too much of a coincidence uh, for people to imagine that much. So let's, let's bust that. Let's scrunch that up, tear that up, whatever you want to do. Good work, Grace. Well, perhaps they were looking for the body in the wrong tomb. That's the other option. Who's got the wrong tomb? Oh, good work, Elise. The wrong tomb. Well, surely the guards would have known which, which tomb the right one was. And surely the, the follower of Jesus who owns the tomb would have known that as well. So I reckon, I reckon we can bust wrong tomb as well. Good work, Elise. Or maybe, just maybe, something extraordinary happened that day. Good work, Miriam. Maybe Jesus was raised back to life. Not a hoax, not a lie. Actually raised from the dead. It seems incredible, doesn't it? But if there's a God who's got power over life and death, why wouldn't he be able to do that? And if there isn't a God, how do we explain how the news of Jesus' resurrection could possibly have survived until today? The evidence really does suggest that the only way Christianity could possibly have grown as it did so soon after Jesus' death uh, was that he was actually raised back to life, that he won an endless victory over death, which we're all welcomed to share in with him. The next Bible reading is in Matthew 28, verse 16 to 20. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, therefore go. And make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Thanks, Maren. Matthew's gospel finishes with Jesus' famous words to his disciples for them to to go and make disciples of all nations. But it'd be pretty pointless being a disciple of Jesus without the resurrection, wouldn't it? Because if Jesus hadn't been raised from the dead, why follow him? The resurrection changes everything. Christianity really stands and falls on the resurrection. So if you imagine this foam roller to be the resurrection, just use, use your imagination, roller, tomb was rolled away, I don't know. Just, I thought of that just then, that was terrible. If, if, that's, if that's the resurrection, this box with a cross on it, is Christianity, I really hope this works because it'd be bad if it didn't. There we go. Fantastic. Christianity stands or falls on the resurrection. If there'd be no resurrection, there'd be no reason to follow Jesus, would there? Christianity would just collapse if the resurrection was taken away. But because Jesus was raised, it changes everything. And 
Because Jesus was raised, it proves that all the things that he said about himself during his lifetime are true. And it proves also that his death was enough to save us. On Good Friday, we celebrated the, the really good news, didn't we? That, that Jesus died to, to save us from our sins, to take our punishment so that we could be made right with God. It's really, really great news. But how would we ever know for sure if it, if it had worked if he hadn't risen to life again? The resurrection proves that it did work. And because Jesus was raised back to life, we know that God is able to raise us as well. The one who has all authority in heaven and on earth is the one who offers us life in his name. What great news that is. Death doesn't have the final word over, it, over us. Jesus shows us the way to true life. That's the great news of Easter Sunday. But how does it change things for us right now? How does it change the way that we live our lives? Well, it means the same thing for us as it meant for Jesus' disciples all those years ago. So firstly, verse 17, we worship him. You see, the, the disciples, when they saw Jesus, they came and worshipped him, which means for us to do that, it means that Jesus becomes the most important thing in our life. He's the one that we're living for. Now, there's lots of things that we could live for, right? There's good food, holidays, money, work, friends, lots of, lots of good things that God gives us, lots of good experiences. But Jesus wants us to live for him, knowing that one day we're going to get to live with him forever. It also means that we tell people about Jesus. We want to see other people become disciples of Jesus as well and be able to share in this good news and the great things that Jesus offers. So who is it that you would love to see become a disciple of Jesus this year? And it means, thirdly, that we find our assurance in Jesus. We know that he's with us always by his Holy Spirit. We're never alone when we follow Jesus. And whatever each day brings, Jesus promises us true life with him forever. Nothing or no one can take that away. And so we can live for Jesus knowing that there's something even better to come one day. So we worship Jesus, we tell people about Jesus, and we find our assurance in Jesus. Jesus has risen it's wonderful news. It changes everything for us. There's no other explanation that can fit the facts. Now, in a moment, Chris is going to come up and he's going to lead us in a prayer of commitment. And that's where we praise God together for the great news that Jesus' resurrection has defeated death and it's brought us new life. It's great news to be able to celebrate. And whether you're here today as someone who you've always believed that, uh, maybe the pennies just dropped for you today. Whatever, whatever your situation is, if you believe that that's true, that Jesus' resurrection is the way to eternal life, then you're more than welcome to join in this prayer with us. If that's not where you're at yet, please just have a listen to the prayer, listen to the words, reflect on them, and just, just reflect on what you've heard today about what Easter Sunday is all about. But know that as extraordinary as it sounds, there's compelling evidence that Jesus did rise from the dead. And if it's true, it changes everything. The way we respond to it truly matters.